Great. Well, again, it's, uh, it's always a privilege to come and, uh, and share. And so as a, as an eldership team, we, we've been, um, right, we've been focusing on the book of Acts. But as we near Christmas, we've been talking about uh, the book of Luke, just as it has such an amazing, uh, just picture and insight into um, the Christmas story. And so um, as I was as I was reflecting, I was thinking back to um, maybe some of you have heard over or the times I've preached that that I'm a teacher and uh, have been so for a while there. As there's people looking at me that maybe I've taught before. I know, yes, uh, Lucas, who's playing the guitar there. It's I co-teach with him. It's come to pass, right? Um, but maybe, maybe the assumption could be made possibly that uh, as a teacher, I was, I was somebody who loved school, um, but that wasn't the case. Um, school, you know what, never, never honestly came easy for me. And for whatever reason, by the time I got to about grade five, there was something inside me that told me that I was going to be a teacher. And as I continued on in my schooling, it it didn't seem like things were lining up very well. I often earned myself a, a, a personal desk out in the hallway. My wife can actually contest to that as we grew up together. Um, often because of my antics. And didn't seem like the doors were opening. The, the gifts and abilities that, that I seemed to have at a, at a young age definitely weren't lining up the way that I, I felt God was calling me. So let's, let's fast forward through the elementary years and, and kind of figuring myself out. I still, by the time I got to grade 12, still had this idea, and I couldn't shake this desire that, that I felt like God was, was leading me to be a teacher. As I'm sure many of my teachers and my parents tried to encourage me, maybe another path was, was in my future. But I decided that I was going to continue to pursue this. And so... What, what I did was I, I actually uh, applied for a college in the United States. And so to get into this university, this college, what I had to do is I had to take this standardized test, this ACT. And so what you had to do is you obviously you had to get a certain mark in this ACT for you to be allowed in. Well, I didn't get that mark. I, I was below what they, what they needed or, or wanted me to, to show. And so what happened, obviously, is through the course of time with emails and phone conversations and stuff like this, for some reason, they decided to let me in. Whew. I know, I know. And so what, what happened was, is, is after the conversations and some of the phone calls, they said, okay, we're going to let you in, but you have to do some, some upgrading and some, some more courses while you're attending and while you're doing your education. And so... What I, what I kind of thought about, right, is, is you know, we often say that, that, um, that saying that it takes a village to, you know, to raise a child. Well, it took a village to get me through college, to be honest with you. It was hard, honest, it was hard. It was a grind for me often that, that I needed, obviously, the resource center to, to kind of go over these essays that just weren't up to standards. I needed my roommates to help me with math. I needed, I, needed, I needed a friend, actually, I, I, I was blessed that a friend that I went to school with actually was in my French class, and I had a tutor. I've never put so much effort into a class to get a D, but that's all I needed. I just needed that D to get through to count as I, I waited nervously 
you know, to see my report and, and get the D that I, that I needed to pass that. It's the hardest D I've ever earned, trust me. But after four years, I stood on the stage and I received the diploma and the degree that everyone else did. And so this morning, we are going to take a look at the beginning of Luke, where this couple experiences how God is working behind the scenes. And, and maybe you're sitting there and, and kind of through my story, you're, you're thinking of, of things that, that God has laid upon your heart and they haven't come to fruition. And maybe, maybe the place that you're at right now in your life is maybe you feel like, you know what, I just, I don't have the right connections. I, I don't have the time, the, the abilities, the, the, the brains as, as you saw in my story, or maybe, you know what, it's just confidence. And so I was reminded again of Hebrews 11.1 1, that talks about now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. And so we're going to see the things that aren't seen but, but become seen through God. And so I want to focus again on God working behind the scenes in our lives. That he's orchestrating the details behind the scenes. And so even if you can't see God's hand working at this very moment, you got to trust his heart. And so if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse 5, and, and I'm going to kind of go, you know, back to my roots, and we're going to, we're going to read quite a significant parts of, of this chapter. And so verse 5 of Luke chapter 1. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah, a division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blameless in all the commands and statutes of the Lord. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. And so you see, Luke starts off by, by giving us some background. And, and I think there's some important details just to go over quickly is that if you trace their family, as Luke said, they were actually in the line of the Levitical priests. And these priests had been serving in the temple for, for many years. And, and if you go through the Old Testament, you would, you would see where that happens in, in David's time and Solomon's time. And you could actually trace these two back. But again, he, he makes a point in saying that they didn't have children. We'll, we'll come back to that. Because you see that this Levitical priest line would come through the bloodline. And so if they didn't have kids, right, that part would, would die out. But, but also Luke makes it a point to show their age as well. That it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's in their future based on these circumstances and their age. But I love how Luke again just points out that they have remained faithful to God in all that they've called, that all he's called them to, even though maybe their circumstances in their life didn't look the way that they thought it was going to look. Which again, if you look at the cultural context, that was a big part of passing on to the next generation. 
And I know for myself, and I don't know about you, but, but I can also at times, right, as I, as I share with my story, get discouraged if the plans God has spoken in private haven't happened yet. But we see that Zachariah and Elizabeth, they, they were living a life of surrender, And often, right, the life of surrender means denying ourselves and and yourself the things that can take away from the thing God actually has for us. It, It may possibly even saying no to things in order to fully open up yourself to what God has actually for you. And let's continue in their story in verse 8. Verse 8 says, Now, while he was serving as priest before God with his division was on duty, according to the customs of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And another, just as you dig into the context of this, is really important. Again, as, as we've seen, only specific people could work inside the temple. And again, it's it's roughly estimated that there was about 20,000 priests in the time of Jesus. So when you determined by lot when to serve, that was a big deal. We, we actually don't, historians don't actually know what exactly choosing by lot means. It, it could mean, you know, you know, like we think of like you pulled the shortest straw or the longest straw, or, or it could be some, some sort of stones that, that they, they, they pulled out. But this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That even also, Zechariah, getting the opportunity to burn the incense in the Holy of Holies, that was a big deal. And so I can imagine in, in Zechariah's mind that this was a pivotal point in his life. Like, this was a big deal. Once in a lifetime. It's, it's as if, if we put it in context, it's like winning the lottery. So this was huge for him. And so as we continue in our story, we're going to see how how these these promises are going to be revealed to these two. Let's take a look at verse 10. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fell, he, he fell in fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared." I just, again, I, I just love that part, 
how Gabriel tells Zechariah that his prayers have been answered, that his prayers have been heard. Such, such comfort there. That, again, if, if I put myself in, in Zechariah's shoes, I, I would think that, that my prayers had been answered. Like, I got, to, I got to be in the temple. But that wasn't it, was it? There was more that God had for them. It's remarkable. That, that again, as, as, as I was preparing and, and some of the commentators talking through Hebrews and, and some amazing scriptures in Romans as well, is, is God is with you. He's working all things together for good and he will be with you and I to the end. No matter what you and I are experiencing, whether it's sweet or whether it's bitter, whether it's good or it's evil, no matter how long it lasts, he has not left you alone. And I love how that just rings true through the story right now. He's not left you alone, friends. He's with you. Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, how, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them, and he remained mute. And when this time of service was ended, he went to his home. And I don't know about you, but I, I almost chuckle at verse 19. Like, I love how Gabriel answers Zechariah. It's like almost in this, like, kind of sarcastic tone in a way, right? Like, uh, dude, do, do, you other, do you know who I am here? Like, I stand in God's presence. I'm, I'm coming to you right now, and, and you, still, you still don't believe. Like, it's... I don't know if you've had it in your life, but I, I see Zacharias, it's like, it's almost too good to be true. It usually is, right? But the angel's trying to reassure him, like, no, it's not. Like, this is true and it's going to happen. And it could be, I don't know, kind of a, a silly example, but I was, I was thinking back a number of years when, when Megan and I, we kind of... Um, we had opportunities to travel, and then we, we kind of felt like God was kind of moving us on from um, those college days of just like footloose and fancy free, and we decided that, you know what, it's maybe time for us to, to look at houses. And so um, one of my kind of breaks that we had, we, we looked at, I don't know how many, it felt like, you know, 150 houses. I know it wasn't that many, but it just felt like, and just, it wasn't, you know, just the right ones weren't coming along. But eventually, obviously, God opened a door, and, and uh, we were praying about, you know, God, we, you know, a place that, that you would have for us. And, and so, right, we were, we were able to, to obviously purchase a house. And 
But the reason why I'm just sharing this story is our house backs onto the forest. And Megan and I love the outdoors. And it's just, again, just a reminder of how detailed God knows us. He didn't, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to put that, that, just that thing that we love so, so much. We love the outdoors. He, but he did it because he loves and he cares about us so much. And the details that, that he put that there. And we're always out there. And every time we're out there and just in the trees and the forest, we, we just, I always take just a moment. I'm like, man, God, how loving that you care so much about the details of our lives that you would do that. That's how much he cares about you and I. He cares about the details of our lives. He, he cares and he knows that Zachariah was pleading and asking for a child to be born. It says, I just love that, how God knows us, right? He's closer than a brother. And so now as we continue with, with verse 24, we're going to see this promise fulfilled. Verse 24. After this, the days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take Take away my reproach among people. And again, just this, this reference back to the time and the day, the culture that they were a part of. That she was again just overwhelmed by, by the goodness of God. And so just for the sake of time, but I encourage you that there's a significant piece of scripture that happens. Um, but we're going to move on. So, I encourage you, verses 26 to 45 are just this amazing part where Gabriel visits Mary. And again, just a similar connection between these two where, where God just, through the power of the Holy Spirit, descends upon Mary and, and we see how, how Jesus is conceived in Jesus' life. And so I encourage you to absolutely go through that. And I'm sure throughout the weeks we'll definitely highlight those. But for this morning, we're going we're gonna to stick with Zechariah, Elizabeth, and, and John. And so let's move uh, on to verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. And she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to the circumcision of the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, 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 no. He shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called, John, is called by this name. And they made signs to the father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they wondered. And immediately his mouth was open, his tongue loose, and he spoke bless, blessings to God. And fear came on all the neighbors and all the things were talked about through the hill country of Judah. And all who heard them laid it in their hearts saying, what then will this child, what can it be? For the hand of the Lord is with him. For with God, nothing is impossible. God's purpose in, in bringing John into the world through human, humanly impossible birth is to determine and demonstrate vividly that nothing is too hard for him. 
He is in control in this story and in our lives. That something unexpected and, and, and marvelous and amazing was b- about to begin and start to happen in the world. Because we know that he was declaring Jesus was coming. And again, I, I encourage you to look through what, through prophecy, just what, what the Holy Spirit inspired Zechariah just to say. But again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to verse 80. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And again, I just love how the theme throughout this piece of scripture that, that John in the wilderness, as he, as he grew, right, the Holy Spirit was growing in him, was, was empowering him, as it just said, and he was growing in the spirit for the time that, that God would call him to declare Jesus is coming. That, that the things that we read about in scripture about him proclaiming the goodness and that people would be drawn to the power of the Holy Spirit that, that again, that in our lives, often there's things that happen in the hidden, right? That in our private prayer times, that God is revealing things to us for, for such a time as this. And again, there's, there's times, I'm sure, in all of our lives where we know that, that there's things that God is just preparing in us. But, but again, there's, that, that we can often run ahead of ourselves, can't we? Or we can run ahead of God. But, but again, in verse 80, it just shows how John just needed that time with the Holy Spirit to prepare him. To become strong in the Spirit. And once he was strong in the Spirit, that, that, that again, that God would release him into what he had called him to do. And again, like we've, we've said, and, and I'm sure others will, will preach on his Jesus is coming. That Jesus is the way. That people were just drawn to that message of, of who Jesus is. Who, who is this Jesus? And many would come to know Jesus that through what, what God did in John. And so we can see that that throughout this story, throughout this piece of scripture, that God is constantly working behind the scenes. That, that his, his fingerprints and his, his hands are, are behind in, in our lives. And that, again, that we can draw just encouragement through this story. That to never stop praying for the things that God has laid upon you and upon I. That there's, there's times, right, where God is doing that preparing, but there will be time when he'll ask you to step forward. So don't lose hope. Like Zachariah and Elizabeth, I'm sure at times questioned what God was doing. But, but it says they weren't blameless. That they, that they continued to do what God had called them. They continued just to seek after God. And so, in conclusion, just some, some points to, to gather this all together. I would ask the worship team to come forward. Just take a moment to to look back on your life. 
There might be times in your life where you can't always see God's fingerprints. But God is working. And I think of, right, that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see you working, you're working. He's always working behind the scenes. And as I, again, just kind of reflected on, on my teaching career and, and my profession is, is like I, I shared in, the, in the, more, the, the beginning here was I got my degree in the United States and my first teaching job was in Alberta. And again, there's these licensing bodies and often, um, if anybody knows licensing bodies, it can be very difficult to, to work with. Oh, well, you know what? You, you, you didn't quite have this course that is the exact course that you need and 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 okay well your your license actually is not going to work but when i got my teaching job in alberta i actually it went through smoothly i didn't have to take any courses nothing like that 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 i was i was single at the time and had student loans and trust me finances were tight car payments, all those sort of things. And there was many times I didn't know where, you know, the money was going to come from. And I would show up to class and there would be food baskets on my desk. God knew what I needed. God knew behind the scenes what I needed. That, that now that I look back on, on teaching for, for over 10 years, God, what started in grade five, what he's had me do is I've had the privilege and honor of telling kids about Jesus for many, many years now. That, that I'm blessed and privileged to every day to, to, to get up and, and share what God has done in my life and to, to share what God is continuing to do to, to pray for kids when they're down, when they need to know about Jesus, I get to do that. I never would have thought about that in grade five, would I? But God had orchestrated this plan to, to share his love to those that needed it. And I feel privileged and honored that, that I get to do that with the next generation on a daily basis. So God had a plan. And so God is, is setting things up in your life. God fills, fulfills promises. They maybe not have happened yet, but God is a God that answers prayers. He is for you. He will come through on what he's promised. And just finally, when life looks different from what you hoped for or, or possibly wanted, know that God is engaged in your life that he is orchestrating things behind the scenes.